the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. So sadly, the police officer, the Illinois State Trooper, has passed away. What a absolute and total disgusting shame. Protecting us, another police officer killed by a subhuman scourge. Let me guess, were they on their way to Bible study, the perpetrators? No. Were they on their way to a Republican fundraiser? No, I don't think they were. Um, Were they drug-dealing scum? Gangbangers? Likelihood. Criminals? Will they be protected by the system? Or will they be prosecuted by the system? Ooh. Boy, that's a tough one in this day and age, huh? I'm going to pick they're going to be protected by the system versus prosecuted, which is why you are seeing 20 shootings a month on the highways. On the highways! And we all know my favorite reporter. Shooting on Grand Avenue traffic is a mess. We all know that's the new normal here in Chicago. So I was just watching as, as the Afghan refugees and American sympathizers were thankfully brought to O'Hare, where they are here from Talabadistan, formerly Afghanistan. And I was reading as the one of the refugees was saying he finally feels safe. Well, this poor son of a gun hasn't watched the news lately. It's pretty much the same thing. The only difference is the guy who shoots you will not be wearing drapes. That's it. Aside from that, it's very, very similar to Talibadistan. And the governments are run into, with the same fascistic way as Talibadistan, as the Middle East. They're, they're just dressed in suits off the rack. That's all. They just have ties on, white shirts. Some of them walk around in pantsuits. Never a good look. Sorry, Kamala. Just isn't. You're not fooling anybody. It's still a size 14. I can't help but notice. And um, hoisted by their own petard as I watched the hearings on, uh, on Facebook. And I feel no sympathy for Facebook. I almost laugh as the Senator Blumenthal, the liar about his Vietnam War experience, the fraud that he is, doesn't detour the, the voters, the Democrat voters, because they will step and fetch and vote for whatever Democrat the Marxist mafia puts up there. As he guarantees that they will now be looking into all of the activities on Facebook. And I say, hey, Zuckerberg, welcome to the party, dummy. This is the government you supported. This is the one you helped get this diaper-wearing dementia patient elected. Good for you, Zuckerberg. And I almost feel the almost same schadenfreude, the same satisfaction in all of my dear, and I mean this, dear friends that I have built up over a lifetime, who happen to be Jewish. 
And they hated Donald Trump, even though Donald Trump was the greatest present president to the people of the Jewish religion. See, I don't think it's a race. It's a religion. The Jewish religion. Greatest friend to Israel this country has ever produced. And I say that knowing my history, the real history, not that fake one, that the theory of the, of the real racist the Democrats want you to believe. And you watch right now as uh, Kamala Harris, once again, I cannot wait for Nooner Harris to be president. I think she should be right now because this moron is so unlikable. She couldn't win a dog catcher race if she wasn't sleeping with the guy who appointed her. Right, Willie Brown? What you did to this country, what your affair did to this country. Who thought a little Nooner could lead to that? Kamala Harris making headlines in Israel after a student at an event said to her that Israel is conducting ethnic genocide in Palestine and he felt the U.S. was doing nothing. She replied that his voice, perspective, experience and truth must be heard. Israeli news outlets pointing out she didn't deny or push back on the claim of Israel committing genocide. Because she agrees with them. This just in, she agrees with that perspective. She doesn't understand the actual history. She has no objection to the persecution the Jewish people have faced. None at all. None at all. She and Talib and that other handsome devil. What's that other one? That other handsome one that yells all the time. Omar. She's a beauty. How happy is her husband that she's out of the state? Yeah, go to Washington, honey. Screw up the country. I'd rather get you out of the house. And uh, she agrees totally. And you know who else agrees with that perspective? You're not going to believe it. The theocrats, the same as the Taliban, only I guess, what are they, a different section? I can't keep it straight to me. It's all the same thing. Uh, In Iran, they also agree with Harris. Iranian state-affiliated media is promoting a video of Vice President Kamala Harris this week. She praised a college student for voicing her concerns over the U.S. funding Israel's Iron Dome system that protects it from rockets fired fired and accusing Israel of genocide, the student did. Watch. Just a few days ago, there were funds allocated to continue backing Israel, which hurts my heart because it's an ethnic genocide and the displacement of people because it's just something that has to be done. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. And again, this is about the fact that your voice, your perspective, your experience, your truth should not be suppressed. See, this thing, your truth. Boy, I got a problem with that. There's only truth. Your truth or truth. Which one's the winner? Well, I guess if you believe in a philosophy of lies, of the Democrat collectivist perspective, that Marxist top-down government ownership and control of everything, well, then you have your truth versus the truth, where it leads to absolute calamity, hopelessness among the people and a sense of feudalism. Which, by the way, I want to clear. It looks like, I just had Macbeth tell me in my ear, it looks like the state trooper may have died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. And that leads me to, ironically, a letter that was dropped off in my store. See, the problem and why I push back against this kind of collectivist government where the citizen is helpless is the depression that it leads to, the hopelessness. We see it in 20 veterans a day that kill themselves. Why would they kill themselves? Warriors. Because they come back to a country and they understand that their actions had a futility to them. Every atrocity we asked them to do on behalf of the country had a futility 
to them. Now, think how this must be for law enforcement officers in a time when the politicians demand we have no law enforcement. So imagine what the mindset is of those officers who don't know exactly what they're supposed to do, who took an oath to protect the people, yet when they do, they're demonized. Must lead to a massive, massive sense of hopelessness and depression. And that's going to lead me to what I originally was going to open with. When I walked into the cigar store today, I open up and I do all of those glamorous things that business owners do. I wash the toilets. I mop the floor. I vacuum. I turn the lights on. I get all set up. Once in a while, I got to push prof out of the way. He's sleeping in there. I make coffee. And um, as I'm lighting my third cigar of the day, you have to forgive me. It was late for me. It was like 1030. As I light the third cigar of the day, a guy a little older than me comes in, built like Macbeth, a little taller. And um, I could see he's upset. And he wants to thank me for the show. And he hands me a letter. And it's called An Open Letter to the Flying Public. We, the concerned employees of United Airlines, would like to make you aware of the current situation at United. We approached the, uh, the leader. I don't know if I should say his name or not. Why not? Might as well. We approached Scott Kirby and the entire management team about our health and safety concerns. We were met with willful and wanton threats and intimidation over the unwanted procedure that we, the employees, decided we didn't want to put into our bodies. And you think about how this is happening to all the workers around the world, the municipal workers, the workers of companies like United Airlines, which I believe took from Trump $7.7 billion in a federal bailout, and we don't know how many billions in TARP money, and how they are fully prepared to fire up to 593 uh, airline employees who do not want to get this in this particular, I don't want to get him in trouble, but he's in a division that is crucial to flying like the, you know, the, the division where if it doesn't work, the plane goes down that division. And um, every day we, the employees are exposed to intimidation and threats of losing our jobs, our livelihoods, our retirements, our health insurance. United airline is engaged in medical tyranny. It's exactly what it is. Just imagine the stress, the anxiety, the depression, that is affecting our work performance and our levels of concentration. The ulcers we're getting, the sleepless nights, the tears, the depression, the divorce from spouses, threats of divorce after working and living for over two decades and losing all of our stuff. And you you think that that's obviously plays a, I mean, I'm not suggesting that the state trooper did it because of that, but all of the climate of our country of this, this is the hopelessness of why they would show those old clips of the Soviet Union. Nobody smiled. Everything was great. Because in these societies, you are helpless. And the only way you can live your life is with the approval and the, the, the blessing of the government. It's the exact opposite of America. In fact, this whole damn reality we live in is exactly the opposite of how we are supposed to live as Americans. A bunch of political whores. Bullying us, intimidating us, intimidating our employers to intimidate us. By the way, where's the union? Anybody ever want to know? What happened to that union strong? I knew you guys were a bunch of pancake-eating pansies. I always said it, especially when I saw these BA agents who had stretch marks on their ears. Oh, you guys are the tough guys? You're not tough. You just extort people. And that's all you do. You took your money, you gave it to the Biden administration and the other Democrats. Now look how they abuse your workers. Idiots. 
idiots. You should be standing up. This should be a class action suit. The whole damn country should sue the government. That's what should be happening. And you think about these people who step up. The warriors that go across oceans to fight on behalf of us and liberty and freedom and all of that they believe. And what they realize when they get back. They believe a lie. They took to a lie. Otherwise, how else could you explain 20 veterans a day kill themselves? Policemen. Suicides among policemen is skyrocketing. Skyrocketing. Why wouldn't it? You've got scum that are carjacking, killing, intimidating the citizens. And the citizens are so afraid because they know when they go to the police, what happens? They're on a revolving door. They're back out in the afternoon. And now they're really mad. It's always the case. The good people pay. People of conscience. People of integrity. What do the liars do? Well, let's go to a Kentucky liar. After all, if I have a, a liar, I prefer a Kentucky liar. They got good grass in Kentucky. His name is uh, Yarmouth. Yarmouth. He's been a nemesis of uh, old lady face Mitch McConnell. Ironically, they have so many similarities, it's hard to, uh, to see that they're enemies. But they are. And this buffoon is a senator. He's a senator. And I want you to hear how he thinks, what he thinks of his position, of government's position, over you and me and the rest of the citizens and the veterans that come back and the policemen and the people who actually make the world go around. See, what this dummy believes, this illiterate, is that the government can do anything it wants. It's held by no bounds. I read Joe Manchin's statement. I've listened to him. He has no understanding of how the uh, the, the federal government uh, monetary system works. When he when he compared it yesterday to his household income, that has no relevance to what we can do. It's not a question of what we can afford. The the federal government can afford anything that it feels it needs to do, and right now that's what we ought to be focused on. So. Um, and by the way, it abides by any law it wants to. It makes up any law it wants to on the fly. It prosecutes anyone it wants to. The federal government in this country is rogue because it's populated by scum like that. Who always be, they're always Democrats. We got about 35 to 45% of Republicans feel the exact same way. But this is always the philosophy. So although the the reasoning that I had assumed the police officer died, the assumption that I made being gangbanger scum, that narrative will play out in the very near future. As we all know, it'll just be a Chicago policeman. It'll be Cook County policeman, a state trooper, whatever it is, because the, the premise is always right. In this country, in Democrat-run states and counties and neighborhoods specifically, the law protects the perpetrator, and victimizes the victim over and over and over again. And that's why good people see have a sense of hopelessness. That's why so many people are walking around with the reality. We are slaves in this country when we have politicians who believe the way these politicians believe. And we can only hope their will doesn't crush us. That's the Soviet depression we saw for 72 years That's why Cubans take to tires to swim across shark-infested oceans. That's why good people sometimes cross borders. Not always are they bad people. That's why refugees fly to an area that we consider to be hopeless and dangerous and think that they're safe because they bought that propaganda too. Sometimes the reality is too overwhelming. And it's sad when good people feel that way because they need to focus on what we can do.
And that's win in the future. 312-642-5600. Call Sean now. 312-642-5600. Oh, yeah. Funky Friday. What year is this? This is the 70s or the 80s? It's got to be the 80s. Yeah. 80s. Before you were born. Jeez. That's embarrassing. I can remember... um, on the boat going to Blarney's Island where I saw my first Tata. Very impressive. Blarney's Island. I think the song was on the radio if I remember correctly. Tragic. Nick, Northwest Side. Is it confirmed, Nick? Uh, I just was watching Channel 32 still. They have commercial now. They're the ones who showed the uh, uh, or gave the original information when I called your call screen or just a few minutes before I called them, but uh, they haven't said anything specific uh, since then. So, yeah, but I was kind of shocked that at first, not shocked that a cop got shot. That's nothing new. And if a cop shot himself, unfortunately, nowadays, that's nothing new. But a, a state trooper shooting himself, you know, that that uh, that was very unusual, I thought. I don't think uh, it's very unusual. I mean, it's suicide among police has always been something that's massively high. They have a job yeah. where they, they have that certain sense of futility when they put people away and the government decides oh, not to... Kidding move forward i mean and then how do you live with yourself when that person goes out and kills a kid or whatever the case is so it doesn't it's it's what's shocking or what's sad i should say what's sad is that they don't see what a blessing they are doing their job even even if they're saving us for hours and days or whatever it takes for the perpetrators to get back on there's no reason to uh i'm sure all of us have been touched by suicide it's 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 horrible it's a horrible horrible thing and you can never get in the mind of the people that did it. You can only sympathize and try to understand. But ultimately, it's because they have that sense of complete and total hopelessness and, and, and a victim. Uh, you know, so it's just tragic. It's still tragic nonetheless. Um, and, you know, when you look at the reports and when you realize it has become normal for this violence, this chaos to be rewarded. It, they're actually rewarding. You know, I think that's my the whole thing with this bill. I was in traffic today and I'm looking behind me. And here's a woman who's not a spring chicken, and she's smoking a joint, open smoking a joint and the rest of it. And she's got the pit bull next to her, and she's a slob of a woman, slob. She drives by, the car is damaged. And I'm thinking to myself, these, these are the people who benefit from the taxes they take away from guys like me, people like you. This is the people, this is the redistribution. This is the, the face of it. And if you're a cop, you're living on, in that scourge Every day of your life in that you're looking at the scourge of humanity every day, day in, day out. You can't get away from it. And now for the last, what, 18 months, 18 months, they have been portrayed as the bad guy. They're the bad guy. They're trying to save us from the bad guy. They're dealing with the scourge and the subhuman scum that are destroying our quality of life. And they're the bad guy. It's starting to make sense how you could be depressed and have that sense of futility. I think it is. All right, Ken Rogers Park. Hey, Sean. Good evening. Uh, great show. I, I just I wanted to correct the record because you said that you think of Jews as just that the I Jewish said people I, I believe relig- I believe it's a religion. Okay, right, right. So I I think the distinction is important that we are not just a religious faith, but we are also a people, especially where Jew haters are concerned because they don't distinguish between people like myself who I go to synagogue every morning and very secular Jews and even anti-Israel Jews, and they all hate us the same way. 
And we are originally from one land with one culture, one history, one cuisine, dietary with dietary restrictions, one religion, and we count, we came from the same plot of land, and that's why Israel matters. And right. that's why when when, when <laughs> you guys were there thousands of years before the argument started. I mean, that's before just the the, and, and before the Arabs showed up, and before the Arabs showed up in the, into the Jewish area, the Jewish land. So I think that's an important distinction. Ken, can you can you answer? I got you on the phone. I want to I want to take a time with you. Sure, sure. Can you answer something Please. for me? Because it's it's it, all of my friends from from they were all massive capitalists, self made guys, started with yeah. nothing. Why in the sure. world? I know, I know a few of those people. I know plenty of those. People. One, one I, I attribute to, to my attitude on so many levels. He was the first guy to give me a book by Ayn Rand, and I, I love him. But let me ask you this. Why do they continue sure. to be sympathetic to what is clearly a redistribution collectivism in the Democrat Party? Why do they constantly no. fund it and support it? I, I think for, for older Democrats, Sean, I think they're still thinking that it, it's the party of Roosevelt and Truman. And Truman was the first pro-Israel president. that He recognized Israel within about eight minutes or ten minutes of Israel declaring independence. And they, they still think of that, that Democratic Party as your grandfather's party of the, the working class guys. Yeah. And the younger people, 80% of people vote the way their parents did, and the younger people just vote that way out of habit. Well, I'm related to someone by marriage who says she's for the little guy, and that's why she votes Democratic. Even though the Democrats, as, the, as your friend Prof will tell you, have been crapping on the middle class for the yeah. last 20 or 30 Ken, years. Ken, I gotta, I'm up against the break. I want to thank you very much for listening. And I want, you, I, want, I, want I think we can agree that Harris and this modern version of Democrats is going to sway the, the, the Jewish vote. At least I hope so if they're paying attention at all. Ken, thanks for listening. Myself Thank as you. Well. Thank you sure. for calling. All right, I went along with a caller. I love that. We'll be back after this. I have a guest, then I'll take your calls after the 505. What you going to do? You're going to get done. <laughs> um, there's... Once in a while, I get in front of a story. Yesterday, we read about the communist who is now going to be in charge of banking. You know, this is something I wanted to talk about. Yesterday, I, I told you about the um, Biden's pick for comptroller of the currency, which is so outrageous, and that she won the Lenin Award. I said Lenin. A friend of mine didn't know what the hell I was talking about. He thought I meant John. No, she's not good with the guitar. She's a... Fracking communist from the Soviet Union. This seems to be a problem. One nominee taking a lot of heat from the right. The Wall and Street by the Journal. way, before I, I get on this, I said it yesterday. This is on Fox News today. Uh-huh. Being a news junkie instead of smoking pot in my, in, in my car with a pit bull next to me, waiting for a government check, sometimes can pay off. One nominee taking a lot of heat from the right. The Wall Street Journal blasting President Biden's pick for comptroller of the currency. The board says Saleh Amarova wants to abolish the bank that she's being appointed to regulate. She was educated in the former Soviet Union. The board goes into how she believes asset prices, pay scales, capital and credit should be dictated by the federal government. The journal reporting that she was nominated despite the objection of Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. Just watch how that goes here. Very interesting background for that nominee, Dana. Yeah, so the other day when I read that, um, I think it was on Wednesday night in the Wall Street oh, Journal you didn't editorial beat me, page Dana, posted early. Show off. I read that and I said, how did this, how did everybody miss this? I mean, this is. I didn't miss it. I caught it. This is a big deal. This is a big deal. And by the way, you're seeing Kabuki Theater on the news right now. 
Biden's got a meeting. Come on. He goes in there. They laugh at us. They laugh at each other. They know exactly what they're going to do. We went through the numbers yesterday. This government makes $388 billion a month. Joe Biden, from his own war, you remember when uh, he caused that chaos and he pulled out? Do you remember what he said during the speech? After more than $2 trillion spent in Afghanistan, costs that researchers at Brown University estimated would be over $300 million a day for 20 years in Afghanistan, for two decades. Yes, the American people should hear this. $300 million a day for two decades. So $300 million a day is what we're saving now. We're saving $300 million a day. Just some, some math. Now, granted, I didn't go to CPS school, but just real quick, I think that's 10.5, right? $10.5 billion a month, $126 billion a year, back into the pot, back to pay the, uh, the debt, the interest on the debt. Interest on the debt equals $44 billion a month. Social Security makes up 19 to 22, depending on how many, how many ways they're screwing us on the Social Security. So you could easily pay all of your obligations. So now the real question is, we got to stop. We got to stop it. Uh, we got to raise the debt ceiling, good faith and credit of the dollar, when the whole time, what they really believe is that you're an idiot. They really do believe you're an idiot. They don't want you to realize you've been paying for the infrastructure the whole time in a litany of taxes. I mean, taxes and taxes and tolls and yada, yada, yada. It's insanity. They've been stealing the money. And it all makes sense. After all, they want to put a communist, a communist in charge of the currency. It's one nominee taking a lot of heat from the right. The Wall Street Journal blasting President Biden's pick for comptroller of the currency. The board says Saleh Amarova wants to abolish the bank that she's being appointed. So, you know, this got me to thinking today. They're going to go after the IRS. They're going to unleash the IRS. And they're, it's, they've politicized the IRS. They politicized the FBI. They politicized every one of these bureaucracies. FDA. You didn't name it. Name it. It's all, it's all part of the Politburo. Do you know that if you have money in the bank, and let's say you're not a bum. Let's say you've been saving your whole life and... You got some money in the bank, 50000 100000 whatever you got. Did you know if you pull it out of the bank, that's their biggest fear? Because they're doing a little accounting trick. Oh, but they are. They take whatever money you got in the bank and they go to the Federal Reserve and they borrow 10 times, 20 times, whatever they want to cook these books. The number keeps moving around. They got the reverse repo at night. They got a big scam going on. So you know what my argument is? 74 million people voted for Donald Trump. Real people, as opposed to the 81 million people, some dead, some alive, some moved in that day, some names made up, whatever the case are, is for Biden. If that's 74 million people, if a fraction, if a fraction said, you know, I don't like what you're doing with this bill. I don't like it. I'm not going to be a party to it. In fact, what I'm going to do, I'm going to go to the bank. I'm going to take out every damn penny. I'm going to put it under my mattress the way my grandmother did, because I don't trust you sons of dogs any more than she did. Do you know what you do to the banking system? you have any idea what you do? See, the reality is, this is a Keynesian soiree, and it's cooked into the books, and they pretend all the economy is great and all this, when the reality is it's not. It's a Ponzi scheme. It's a shell game. But you have real power. So I get this question all the time. What do you, what, what do you think we should do? Everybody knows I'm not an anti, I'm, a, I'm not a go-to-the-meeting guy. I'm not. Because I understand that those meetings are responsible 
for politicians like Adam Kinzinger, for politicians like the Irish gypsy that used to be here, for lowlifes and liars and frauds. But what you can do is remind these politicians that you are, in essence, in control. We're not victims. I don't ever want us to get that feeling that goes through those people's minds who feel hopeless and feel that they are victims and that they have no power. You have power. If you do not become a useful tool, a useful pawn to the politician, which is what he's relying on, so he can pit one citizen against another. So I think it's time for the capitalists to unite. I really, really do. I really do. Especially when I know that this is theater. This bill will pass. Some version of it will pass. And it will be crippling. And it will have in it all of those restrictions on just the remaining capitalists. This will benefit the sloths. The the government has picked its favorite citizen. And if you're working, it ain't you. If you're not in on the scam, it ain't you. So it's time for you and me and us to start playing by our own little rules. See, because they've taken our generosity, they've taken our effort, they've taken our money, and now they're using it full force against us. So in when, when this bill passes, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. You, I can't advocate. You do what you want to do. I'm taking every damn penny out. Every penny out. I want it out. Check. I, this is the only time I've ever had a job you know, where I don't get paid by commission or whatever the case is. I want my check in cash. I'll take the cash. Take the taxes out, I'll take the cash. I don't want to go into the account and the banker gets to borrow 10% and all the rest of it. And I love my banker, but I love him. Called him yesterday. I said, let's open up one in the Cayman Islands. He said, I don't know about that, but I'll get back to you, which means he doesn't want to. The broader point is, we make this society go around. I'm tired of letting these people dictate the rules for me. I really am. We have power. That power is in our earnings, in our money, in our cooperation. This is the kind of civil disobedience I support. We get calls to the station all the time. I have the time, the second amendment, all the nonsense. I already distance myself from that kind of nonsense because I'm better than the subhumans who shoot into crowds, who cause mayhem on the expressways. I'm better than them. And you are better than them. And you have power. You just don't think you do. They're afraid of you. And they don't want you to know it. This banking system, I'm telling you right now, you get a million people. You get one million people who have over 50000 in the bank to pull their money out, see what happens. See what happens. And it can happen. And I'm talking about pulling it out everywhere. The 401k, the market, everything. I mean, this is the part you have to understand. There's going to be sacrifice. You're going to have to be uncomfortable. You're going to have to maybe put some effort forward. And I don't mean going to a meeting and seeing some political whore come up in his suit and his shiny shoes with his hair parted to the side and say, give me money and endless money and money, money, money. No, I'm saying keep your own money, keep it tight and keep it at home. After all, if they're going to intimidate you through the banking system, don't partake in the banking system. Maybe we should shut this thing down. If the capitalists unite and went on strike, how do you think it would be? I mean, they can't keep printing the money forever. And in the meantime... What's the money? What's the interest you're getting on your money? I know I ain't getting, getting squat. Nothing. Then they tell you it's good. No, it's not good. It's not good. You're middling me. I know what you're doing. I see the scam. I don't know. It's just an idea. What do you think? Wait, is this Rolls Royce? No. Who is this? Oh, the guys. 
I shouldn't go there. All I know is when I hear that 70s funk, I just got to, you know, takes me back, man. Better time, better time. We have power. I have always said this. When Barack Obama was first elected and we knew what his strategy was, that's when I came up with the idea of the capitalist union. Spent a ton of money, didn't go anywhere, but that's all right. It was the idea that was right. It was just a little early, like Pritzker. Now, it's Saturday night after the Viagra kicks in. Just a little premature. But that doesn't mean the idea isn't good. The idea of capitalists uniting. I said this when American Express, who I have used for, huh, got to be 35 years I've been in American Express. When they wrote the letter, when they were th- agreed to pay the Marxists around, whether it was Antifa or BLM, whatever the case was, when they agreed, they paid them. They signed an agreement for hundreds of millions. Now I don't use the American Express. So let's create our own American Express. The Capitalist Express. The Capitalist Union. Buying right. Buyright.com. That's a friend of mine, Tom. Wonderful guy. No, you're in control. You just don't think you are. They want you to think you're not. We still have an assemblance of Americanism left. It's very small. It's shrinking by the day. But we are not helpless. Sharon, Midway. Hi, Sharon. Hi. All right. You call me. I talk. You talk. You talk. I talk. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. I didn't know it was you. Go ahead. Hey, um, my daughter went to uh, Bank of America this morning. We draw eight hundred dollars out. Ten fifteen this morning, cash. They told her that she only could withdraw six hundred dollars out cash. And what she said? What do you mean? I yeah, I swore to God. She said, "What do you mean I only could draw? I need eight hundred dollars." They said, "Well, we're not doing that right now." We're not. (laughs) I'm going to tell you right now, Sharon, it's a it's a scam. No, banking is a scam. Now, imagine, Sharon, if you had a hundred thousand. I want a hundred thousand wrapped in cellophane. I want it now. My money. I want it. You'd cripple the bank. Listen, I either want my money. I'll draw it all out. She just wanted to put one, you know, eight hundred in another bank. Whatever. You don't have to explain it to me. uh, I'm not the IRS. I got you. But they said, well. I don't know if they'll let us do that in two transactions. And she said, well, you better try because I want it all out. And uh, anyway, the teller says, well, it worked, and I'm surprised. And, you know, she got back in the car. She didn't know what was going on. And uh, I explained to her what was going on in uh, our lovely country. Sharon, and did you ever Did you ever read the Panama Papers? No. Oh, Sharon, do yourself a favor. We're going to have movies later. There's actually a documentary called The Panama Papers. You know, all of these oligarchs like the Pritzkers, they don't bank like us. Oh, no, they don't. They go overseas. So what's the difference if you got a hundred million that Grandpa Abe left you or a billion seven that Grandpa Abe swindled from Al Capone? What's the difference? You just take whatever money you can and get it out of the system. You'll cripple them yeah. overnight. If they don't want to give you 800, now imagine what they, how they feel about 8,000 or 80,000 or 800,000. Isn't, isn't it crazy how they, how they use that number 600 today? Uh-huh. Yeah, it is. Yeah, insane. Because this bill already passed. I supported trade for thirty years in your industry. Really? Were you cute? Did I hit on you? No, I was at the board. You were at the Merck. That's all right. I used to walk over from time to time. All right. Thank you very much, Sharon. I appreciate it. quite the scoundrel with the ladies. Before I met my wife, and I cleaned the whole act up. You wouldn't even know I'm the same guy. Wouldn't even know it. Debbie Winfield. Hi, Debbie. Winfield. Hey. Yes. Okay, what I wanted to tell you is you're absolutely right. we got to hit them with the money. I don't have near the capital that you do. but Oh, easy now. I have, are, I've, been, I've been taking a beating on this tuition payments, believe me. When you send your kids to college without any of the benefits of the, of the, of the scoundrels, it's expensive. But go ahead. 
I know I still have student loans on my adult children, trust me. Yeah. But the thing is, is I, and I have to work with my husband, so we made an agreement. Half is in the bank of our savings, but the other half is under the mattress. But the other way that we can make a difference, and I don't have the resources to get it out to everybody, but is think about where you spend your money. I refuse to give my money to Starbucks. Target will not see a red penny from me. Subway. None of these people are getting my damn money. And now how much, you know what fries me, Debbie? People like us, like you and me, believe me. I've been broke numerous times. You struggle for your rent. You struggle for your food. You struggle for life. You struggle to get ahead. Did you know that Illinois is just going to reissue another $75 million in rental assistance if you're already on the dole? Oh, I'm not surprised at all. That's why I moved to Indiana. It's all, baked. It's all made off of the money we have in the bank. They're borrowing money, sometimes 10%, sometimes 20%, sometimes 50%. And the numbers they got in the bank. Take the money out. Let's screw up their accounting the way they want to screw up ours. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show. I think that there are a lot of people that assume things about banks but have no idea what banking is like, especially after the collapse in 08 and Dodd-Frank and the government backdoor nationalization of lending. The fact that uh, now in this country we have, what, about nine banks that really kind of control things? We were, at one time we had hundreds upon hundreds of banks. We had neighborhood banks. Those are very hard to find, and the government works very hard to make sure that they cannot exist. Big banks, in my opinion, have a corporatist relationship with government, and that's not good for the people, but they do exist, and we do need them. Michael, how are you, Michael? Hey, Sean, how we doing? Very good, buddy. So we had a woman call up and say that there was a problem at Bank of America specifically, and you work for Bank of America. So tell us if there was a misunderstanding or a mix-up. Well, I appreciate you taking my call, first of all. I thought this was a good opportunity to apologize to that young lady. But also, like you said before the break, there's always two sides to every story, but uh, this is a great platform for me to apologize to all of our customers. Unfortunately, this morning, for about two hours, we had an overload over on our servers. So we lost power to our online banking, mobile banking, all of our in-store platforms for about two hours. Oh, okay. So the, the $600 she's referring to was just blind trust for our clients because yeah, I mean, we so you're no you're idea. basically saying if you were a client, we couldn't check you. We're gonna we're willing to give you six hundred, and hope you're right, and word. hope you don't bounce it. There you go. All right. On your word. So so well, now let, I was I was actually actually driving over to Elmhurst to grab a cigar. Nice. I listen to you every night on my way home. Oh, I you really know who I am because I've been in your store about a hundred times. Michael, I appreciate. And, uh, I about fell out of my feet. About fell out of my feet. Somebody slamming. Uh, we do a lot of really good work at the bank, and I know that we're not going to get along and and see eye to eye. Um, well, listen, I, 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 first of all, I, I am a proponent of the financial system. I think it's been bastardized since 2008. And, I would agree. And I think that you know the big banks were able to get involved through lobbying and other chicanery that I view mm-hmm. to help squeeze out the small banks. I think you would agree to a certain extent. There's a reason that you only have nine major banks in America 
since 2008 or nine, and and they took advantage of the collapse that so many partook in. But I wanted to, I I think it's important people understand. I'm. Do you think I'm right if I said, look, in resistance to what we believe, people like me, as a government abuse of the citizens and a, an abuse by the IRS, that they are literally weaponizing the IRS, that in protest, if people, a hundred thousand of us, a million of us, people who have in excess of 50,000 in the bank said, look, we want our money and we want it now, we would, in essence, create a run on the bank and harm and make our point, but moreover, not be taken advantage of. That would cause some real problems, wouldn't it, Michael? I think it would cause. I think it would cause a lot of problems. But you also think about the impact that hat would have on the ability to free up capital, because the money that we bring in on those deposits—that's what—that's what we're lending out the back door, so people can buy homes, so people can start a business. Oh yeah, but how many business. how many people are aware that there's fractional? It's a fractional system where you're actually borrowing. Ten times of the deposit. So if I make a deposit of seven thousand, if I make a deposit of seventy thousand, you in essence are lending out seven hundred thousand. Not you personally, but Bank of America. Oh, absolutely. I, I think the average person uh, would not be aware of that at all. Yeah. And then how many people are, are aware of this called Dugreen's scam of reverse repo? The, the fixed arbitrage where the general public is literally paying the middle. And it's, it's it yesterday set a, or two days ago set a record at $1.6 trillion that banks mm-hmm. were in, a, in essence able to arbitrage a gap of one and a half percent, which is, or, or I'm sorry, it's what is it? 0.7% overnight on $1.6 trillion. You're talking serious money, Michael, are you not? You are. And, and, and full, dis- and full disclosure, if I want to, if I want to uh, show my face on Monday morning, we could probably have that conversation <laughs> offline. <laughs> All right, Michael. Listen, you're always a good sport. Thanks for coming. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much. Thank, <laughs> Thank you, sir. Take care. Take care. See, and that's the thing. We don't want to get people in trouble, and it's a shame that you have to feel that way. Isn't that really a shame? And it goes back to my original story about the United Airline worker and all the rest. I don't like that. Good people are intimidated. I don't like it. It's not supposed to happen here in America. It's simply not. And I think that injustice is something we all sense. It's something we all walk around with. And, you know, we were talking about the um, the officer, and we don't know. I didn't know if it was a suicide when I first heard it. just said he died, and I had touched upon the fact of the helplessness that so many officers feel because they're trying to give us law enforcement to protect good people. I want to read you something. A coward. Family's upset at prosecutors after video shows 18-year-old stabbed to death in Schomburg. This is just the other day. A family is upset murder charges were not filed after their 18-year-old son was stabbed to death during a fight in Schomburg. Manuel Portiz Jr., 18, died Tuesday night around 6 p.m. in front of a house on Stunbridge Lane. Family said, Portiz Jr. met another teen for a one-on-one fight. You know how, how stupid kids are. and They're going to go to a fight. Family said prosecutors told them they declined to file murder charges due to mutual combat. They're saying that it's mutual combat. This is We are turning into Mad Max. His father said, how is it mutual combat when my son didn't have anything to combat with? The only thing he had was his two hands. The 17-year-old suspect has been charged with misdemeanor unlawful use of a weapon. He stood over my son and finished him off with a knife. 
And that's not murder, Porter's father said. Cook County State's attorney officials said the evidence was insufficient to meet our burden of proof to file murder charges. Both of these people appear to be of minority race. This is, I mean, could you imagine being a cop on this call? You arrest this piece of garbage who's a kid, stupid kid. Nonetheless, at this time of his life, he's a piece of garbage. Will he die a piece of garbage? Who knows? He makes those decisions that will continue. If he continues on this path, the answer is yes. This is the problem with children. They're stupid. They make stupid things. And unfortunately, we as a society are supposed to correct them, punish them when they do wrong, not capitulate to their stupidity. That's how you get a city that implodes. That's how you get a society that's run by children. I'm sorry you're a 17-year-old kid who decided to kill another kid, but you're a murderer for now. Now get your ass in a maximum security prison and get some tattoos on your back so the guys have something to read. This is outrageous. Outrageous. And you wonder why policemen, good lawyers, good people, parents have to be afraid. Because the people who are supposed to protect him, like the state's attorney, you moron, moron. is Who's the state's attorney? Somebody give me the name. Is that guy running for something? Why do I think he's running for something? I could be wrong. They're always running for something. Sickening. Sickening. John Lincolnwood. Oh, my God, Sean. Yes, bro. Thank God there's somebody like you on the radio that we can actually listen to and actually make sense of all this nonsense that's going on. Really. Well, I don't know. I I so appreciate that. Dude, listen, I got to tell you, I'm shocked at this. I am so blown away by this whole thing. You have no idea. And like I I, I was telling somebody. What you you just said with the tattoos and he has something to read. Oh, well, thank you. Well, I mean, it should be there. Why do you not crack you yourself yeah. up? I, I, well, I don't, I, it's Kim Fox, by the way. I, I, I said guy, I meant girl, but I'm confused by her. She's got that peanut head. Anyway, because um, uh, you almost have to make fun of it, don't you? Don't you have to make fun of it at this point? Because it's so damn ridiculous. It's, it's, it's overwhelming us as good people. And the only thing that I feel good about is when I'm around us. Because the idea that people like Kim Fox are making these decisions that are protecting murders, are persecuting policemen, is not something you can take without making fun of it, pushing back on it, and demanding we, the good people, come together and do something about it. So, you know, this would be called, that's pretty controversial what I suggested before about banking. Michael is putting a happy face on it, but I know the answer. I asked the question, I know the answer. Get 74 million people, 10%, 7.4 million people. I want my money out of the bank. You got a problem on your hands because we're the ones that they're paying all off the roaches. We're the ones that were paying off the 75 million in rent assistance. The eviction moratorium in Sunday, but struggling tenants in suburban Cook County can start applying for more help to pay their rent on Monday. There's a new round of funding for emergency rental assistance money meant to keep people from losing their place to live. $75 million in assistance is available in Cook County. The money just keeps coming. The money just keeps coming. We keep paying taxes. We keep getting threatened and intimidated and manipulated, whether we work for United Airlines or whether we work for Cook County or whatever the case is. I had enough. So what what do you talk with? You talk with your money. Take it out. Take it out. Now what? 
Now, if, now I could take my 600. I could give it whoever I want. The IRS doesn't get a note. The whole rest of it. Look at me. I'm banking like a Pritzker. Ooh, I like it. We'll go to Panama. We'll go to the Cayman Islands. I mean, if it's good enough for these oligarchs, it's good enough for us. This is how revolutions start because it's an ideological revolution. It's not physical anymore. We've been in a civil war, in case you haven't been paying attention, hardcore since 2008. Hardcore. And the European Marxist mafia has overtaken the Democrat mafia, and we're losing. So it's time to go to some drastic, uncomfortable measures. Because don't we feel better when we're all together? So if we can't all be together in the sewer of Chicago, then go to these neighborhoods where you are together with your fellow Americans steeped in American principles. I prefer Florida, but I look good in a thong. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM 560, The Answer. Let's not forget how this, my anger was really started about pulling everything out of the banks. Not just because the Marxist mafia is in charge and it's all a Keynesian shell game of fraud. Biden's nominee for top bank regulator earned the Lenin Award. What are, who gets the Trotsky Award? Praised by the USSR. Huh? Wants to end banking as we know it. Well, see, I say instead of waiting for this government bureaucrat, this buffoon, this communist rat, I end it. That's how I like to do it. You want to end banking? No, I end banking. Can you imagine if you're a, uh, I have friends of mine, by the way, high school educated guys. Brilliant though. Brilliant. I've got several. They employ thousands upon thousands of people. And these are the guys you're going to attack. They were thrown out of school by a teacher. Get out. They now have thousands upon thousands of people that work for them. They did it with an idea. Their own relationships, their own ability. They're the bad guy now. They're the guy like that roach that was behind me smoking a joint with her pit bull. The, the, the hamburglar that she was. They're going to take the money from these guys and give it to her. So she can continue to smoke her joint. That's the real face of socialism. The scourge laugh and sit on their fat ass while the rest of us make the world go around. I had about enough of it. Bill and Itasca. Hey, Sean, I was listening to you about banks, and I, I actually do business with a small neighborhood bank. And about three, four weeks ago, I asked them, if I want to take my money out in cash, could I get it? And she said it would take about five days. <laughs> then I wanted to do business with another bank that's out of state, but because I didn't live in that state, they wouldn't open an account. Then for a club I belong to, they deal with Chase. And even though I'm on the account and I put in cash, no matter how much I want to put in, they take my ID. And it, you're absolutely right about yeah. it. The government's got their hands in it. Bill, I happen and what to they're talking about. I happen to ahead, know. I happen sorry. to know that local bank, and they're 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 very nice guys. I too. And I'm not going to impugn them because, believe me, they're on there now. But to watch these local banks try to stay afloat, how about how they all had to hire? They had to hire special people just to deal with the regulations that are fired down and fired down. Because what the government is doing is regulating them out of business to intimidate them, to make them go away. And that's why we need to support these local small banks. That's why Kevin Bastuda, uh, I, I love him to death. He's a brilliant kid. They started this bank and they, they have people they have to hire just to deal with the the attack from the government. Is this a sin or what, Bill? Not to mention five days. Oh, I, I agree with you. The bank, I love the bank. I love the people in the bank. 
I wasn't really talking bad about the No, bank, no, no, no. I'm just saying. They were going to have to go through the government. You know, if everything's through the government, they're tracking you. I even think Bitcoin is a conspiracy by the government to move us into a cashless society. Well, you got to call I'm kooky for No, I don't that, think you're but... that kooky. I'm, I'm pro-Bitcoin, <laughs> but you got to call on Monday. That's conspiracy day, which may, which is good. I get to talk to you after the weekend. Bill, thanks for calling. I appreciate okay, it very much. And, um, you know, this is, the, this is a property. This is a, a, an issue. There was a law already passed, a privacy issue. This is a Fourth Amendment issue. I'm an American. I have unalienable rights, you rats, you political whores, you thieving slobs. And I'm not just talking about you specifically, Diapers Biden, your whole organization. You know, as we, we go through the, the savings and the money and the billions of dollars that they get from us, $388 billion a month, we don't get to see squat. We're the people. That's our money. We don't get to see one thing. In fact, I have to wait for open secrets to print out how much money uh, Adam Kinzinger shook down from the d- different companies in his district so they could stay in business or get some of that free PPP or whatever the hell it is. It's a rotten shame. We've lost all power here. Pat, parts unknown. Hi, Pat. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Um, I just wanted to make a comment about the state's attorneys. Um, I actually feel sorry for the state's attorneys themselves. Because Kim Fox's policies are the things that are are bad for Cook County. Sure. Um, that law that was passed on July 1st, and part of it was about house arrest. People that, and almost everybody that gets arrested is put on house arrest now. The law says that people must be gone for 48 hours before they can be charged with escape. Um, Kim Fox's <laughs> original policy for her office was that the residence that the person was on house arrest at must be under 48 hours continuous surveillance. And that lasted a few weeks, and they kind of said, oh, I guess we read the law wrong, which is just crazy to me. So, Pat, I have a friend of mine who went into that. That's what he does. I'm not going to say his name. I don't want to get him in trouble. And he was the kind of kid that when we would get in fights with other kids, he was always the kind of kid that would, like, pull you off so you didn't hurt the guy too much. He was always a very, very honorable, decent human being. And uh, he went into that, and I know he went into that to put away bad people. And I, I haven't talked to him in years. And I know what it must be like for him to get orders and have the rules against him doing his job by protecting the people. He has to be beside himself, and he's been there now for probably 20 years. And it's just disheartening because there are so many good people within the state's attorney who, because of this political whore in her peanut head, have unfortunately been neutered. And, and they have to sit by and watch as the people, the good people, suffer. And it's, that's why, when, you know, we started off because the sheriff, the, the, uh, the Illinois State Trooper, it looks like he killed himself. And you can imagine how, he gets yeah. to, how people get that sense of, what am I doing? What, what is happening here? And it's a hopelessness. So I want to thank you, Pat, for calling. And uh, I appreciate it very much. Thank you. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. You know how many people are in prison for tax evasion? Prison! Six, just this year alone, there's 693. 693. Yet, yeah, the 17-year-old stabbed the 18-year-old. Nah, not going to press charges. Huh, and then there's this. Out of the carjacking crisis in Chicago, we've learned new information on the carjacking of this vehicle in Bucktown. Our Tara Molina tracked the specific case from the beginning. We wanted to monitor how the case like this proceeds. 
Tara joins us now. She now knows. Tara, you're in touch with the victim. She isn't happy with the latest development. It's really frightening. I don't feel safe. Still doesn't feel safe. Standing in her Bucktown neighborhood just shy of two months since she was surrounded at gunpoint in her garage in the middle of a sunny afternoon, Mar, still only comfortable using her first name, told me she's scared and disappointed. Now there's the whole crew that was not caught. One teenager, a 15-year-old, arrested and charged in connection to her case, found 15. driving her stolen car just over 24 hours after she was carjacked. The person with the 15-year-old when he was arrested ran away. Charged with possession of a stolen motor vehicle, the teen is with family now. But he's no longer on electronic monitoring, despite the state's attorney's office's ask. I say we prosecute these carjackers like they were... In violation of an IRS code. What do you say to that? Average sentence. IRS violation. A year and a day. Average. There's actually guys in there for 18 years. What do you think about that? Boy, oh boy, it kind of shines a light on things. So if you, uh, they call it a tax cheat. I never liked that. After all, he's fighting to keep his money. He's not cheating. He just didn't agree with your confiscatory taxes. And by the way, that's before Biden. And what's in this bill? What's in this bill? Man, oh man. That's why I would never, I've never been in an industry that allowed you to cheat on your taxes, number one. Number two, it was never worth it to me. I have too much fun. Let's just get extorted and tell everybody how you're getting extorted and never take your eye off the ball that it's extortion. Because at the same time, they're deciding how much of your income you can actually keep. You're paying all usury taxes. America pretends it doesn't have a value-added tax, then somebody has to tell me what a sales tax is. It's a value-added tax. It's a percentage of the product you're buying. Taxes and taxes and taxes and taxes. And then when you pay your taxes on your car, you get carjacked. The guy who takes it, he's somehow the victim. 15 years old. This kid, we're spending 28000 a year so this kid can pretend to go to CPS. This low-life rat is nothing but a drain on society. And is he going to go to jail? Nah, he's off. But the guy who wanted to keep a percentage of his own income. Off you go. All right, makes sense to me. And it kind of reminds you of exactly uh, what we're facing here and how the liars are in charge. And uh, we've had numerous attempts and numerous uh, ambitions by the Marxists to constantly throw us into this nonsense industry where only those connected few make a fortune, the green energy boondoggle. It's never worked. It doesn't work. Wind and solar is a fraud. It only exists to enrich the government connected. Now, the oil companies figured this out. They got in on it. So they're not fretting too much about the movement because they own a lot of these companies that will make all this, this phony money and that will create, by the way, the wind is terrible for the earth. And, uh, They're going to make money. Don't worry about them. But also the Marxists are in on it. Environmentalism is all the rage right now. But Mother Nature doesn't always play ball. Winter comes whether there's wind enough or not to power the turbines. And when it's freezing cold, no one actually cares if gas and coal aren't green. Energy prices are skyrocketing in Europe. And environmental initiatives seem to only be making things worse the fact that wind farms are useless when there's no wind is a big problem for you know i have to just play this because do you remember one of my favorite moments during the debates darling is the wind blowing today i'd like to watch television he was exactly right exactly right 
and all the never Trumpers as this goes on. Because in this bill, it won't be long. Illinois already is going to be a part of it. These Democrat mafia states are going to be way in front of this curve, the phony money. To, yeah. But there's a downside of that. You're going to suffer the citizen. And I wonder, um, who's that idiot with the, with the toupee, the dog sleeping on his head? He wants people to think it's a hair. George Will, the conservative legend, George Will. How about his, his boyfriend, Bill Crystal? Bill Crystal. How about the, uh, the Jewish, Jonah Goldberg? What's he think now that Talib basically agreed with the anti-Semites from around the planet and sided with the terrorists? What's Jonah Goldberg think? as they all voted for Biden. I don't know if you voted for this idiot. How you could brush your teeth in the morning. How could you even look at yourself, what you've done to this country? The likes of the UK, for example, where they're supposed to produce around 20% of the country's energy supply. So it's back to dirtier forms of power. I think it's a lesson that we need to learn that fossil fuels are still needed in the energy mix in order to back up renewable energy. Because they work. They're the only ones that work. And we knew that. We were the innovators. That's part of the reason we're the richest and the strongest and yada, yada, yada. And the only reason you even know about the Middle East is because the moron government and the Sherman Antitrust Act, which pretended to break up a company instead of diversifying the energy to the Mideast, which, by the way, before the Sherman Antitrust Act, Saudi Arabia was good as a, as a camel depot. That's all they did. We made that Middle East rich. We made the Saudis rich. Those inbred, please. They're the only place where slavery exists. Nobody wants to mention it. Just keep pretending they're giving us a service. We should be dominating the world in energy. Dominating it. And thanks to political prostitutes and pimps, we're in this position. And they're going to do it right up until we're like Europe. That's what they really, really want. Darling, is the wind blowing today? I'd like to watch television. There's your future, thanks to morons and the corrupt who don't want... Please avert your eyes, Democrats, and don't learn about all the scams. Don't pay attention to the fact that ComEd has been buying these Chicago Mafia Democrats for, for decades. Decades, the scams have been going on. And you just celebrate a law where not only are your costs going to go up, but the very company that pimped out your whores is now going to make a fortune. Idiots. A lot of you. Just idiots. Tom, Blue Island. Oh, my God. Can you hear that, Sean? I could hear it. What is it? <laughs> my lady is some Jeffrey finishing a job. That's what's cruising down the street. Oh, wonderful. Uh, Sean, you are uh, Will, Goldberg, Crystal. They're just hedging their bets. They're going for the winning side. We're, uh, we're already in a civil war, Sean. And you forgot like, Stephen Hayes. Don't, let's, not, let's not forget Stephen Hayes. And by the way, I want, this is the main thing I want to focus on, and I, I never want to forget. The reason we're in this circumstance is not specifically and only the fault of the in-on-the-scam Marxist mafia member. It is the fault of the pseudo-intellectual morons who pretended that Joe Biden was a normal Democrat. I had, I had somebody say this to me. Oh, there's nothing to worry about. He's just a normal Democrat. You have to be so detached from reality, so willfully ignorant and willfully evil. Willfully evil. Willfully evil. I think you're getting a call. Why don't you see if it's the babysitter? She might need a ride home, and you could Friday night after. I'll have a good time. Willfully corrupted to think that this was just going to be a normal, normal administration. It's abnormal. 
And our future, unfortunately, is going to look like the headline from Venezuela where 77% of the population is impoverished. See, socialism is expensive. I don't know how many of you can afford it. I know I can't. But I'll do it with a tan. 312-642-5600. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. I have to tell you, I'm watching CNN, that communist news network, those rot propagandist morons. Like Wolf Blitzer, he's a thousand years old, been peddling this BS. 49%, 49% of CNN viewers feel that the, the people who have been imprisoned since January 6th, since that weaponless riot, the weaponless insurrection, 49% of CNN viewers feel that the fact that the way they're being treated is not severe enough. Those same 49% are the kind of scourge and scum that do not want the murderer of Manuel Portis Jr. to be prosecuted. The same ones that don't want the carjackers of the woman in Bucktown prosecuted. The same ones who fight so that the real violent criminals, just because they happen to be a minority, get special preferred treatment and are turned back out on the society to go and murder their own people again. These idiots morons, or as they're formerly known, Democrats. Dave in Downers Grove. Yes, yeah, Sean, I think the biggest morons are the people who vote to vote them in. But anyways, I call because, you know, I thought carjacking was a federal crime. I don't, why is Kim Fox even involved? No, no, it's and not a federal crime. Wanna... It's a, just a, it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a criminal it's a civil. It's a. Well, it's, it's a state was, jurisdiction. The federal government. You don't want the the FBI supposed to rush carjackers. <laughs> Although no, 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 no. But I thought it was a federal crime it, when it when carjacking that, back in the eighties or nineties started becoming a problem. It, it was a federal crime. Well, it's a, but, the state prosecutor. It's the see. That's the problem with what people don't understand. What a prosecutor is. They literally, unfortunately. And unreal. Uh, it's an unreal situation that these morons can literally decide. Who to prosecute and who not to. The crime is not for their, their, their favored people, which is why Kim Fox, to me, is the greatest asset to the Chicago street gangs that they've ever had. She's better than any investment they ever made. They have never thrived the way they have thrived. They have never been as successful. They have never faced less penalty than right now under Kim Fox. If they are not paying her and contributing to her campaign, they really got a deal. If they are, they got their money's worth. But she's their greatest asset. She's the greatest investment for the gangster disciples, the El Rukans, whatever the hell these morons with face tattoos are calling themselves as they sell drugs and intimidate neighborhoods, extort people, and create mayhem. She's their ally. She should be an honorary El Rukan member. Oh, I like that. Vote for the El Rukan in charge. Thank you very much. Tom, parts unknown. Hi, Tom. Hello. Yes, hi. Hey, did you hear about the... Um DoorDash driver from Tinley Park this past week. Yeah, is the you know better than that? I hear about virtually everything. I mean, once in a while one will slip past me, but yes, I heard about it. Yeah. Now here's the problem. What do you, you think of it? The the undo, the undomesticated animals that carjacked this guy twice. Yeah, and they arrest yeah. the, the father for firing two rounds off. Three, and he's a moron, is what I think. What do you mean you're going to shoot gun in the air? He literally. Did you watch the story? 
He literally I, points I, in the direction where he fires it, and he holds his hand at about a 45-degree angle. What are you, some sort of moron? You just shoot three rounds into the air? I'm glad they arrested him. They should have arrested him for being stupid. I mean, do I think he's a victim? Yeah, but two wrongs don't make a right, and he's not right. No, you don't right. fire a gun into the... Into the what do, you know, those bullets come down. What, are we all Democrats? You can't figure out those projectiles come down somewhere? Now you're a town over, you're walking your poodle, you're hoping the old lady's in the mood when you get home, you catch a round at a temple. That's a problem. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, gotta, yeah, it is. Yeah, there we go. Thank you, Tom. I knew I could straighten you out. Chris, Arlington Heights. Hey, Sean, it's uh, Columbus Chris here. Just one way we can push back on, on these Marxist, socialist, anarchist idiots. Uh, it's Columbus Day. Yep. If you recall, this all started with them tearing down the statues, attacking the cops. We need to show up as a small symbol of how we push back by, by showing up on Columbus Day and telling these anarchists we will not let them win. I love it, and I, you know, I'm a big fan of Christopher Columbus. Uh, 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 truly, I mean, a saint, literally a saint. What he did, for the contribution to the world. I mean, we used to be the greatest example of it. But here's the other thing I want you to focus on, because I, I, I'm very involved with uh, an organization. I love the guy who owns it, uh, Louis Rago, and uh, you know, they were very upset and rightfully so about the statue being taken out. But there's another way to look at this. To me, Chris, Christopher Columbus is too damn good for this city. His statue, his presence, his legacy is too damn good for Chicago, the sewer of Chicago. Get him down. I don't want him there. He's too damn good. Put up Barack Obama, that Marxist moron who forever destroyed health care, who forever destroyed and, and created stagflation for eight years. Put all these Democrats up because this city represents what they are, a failure, a corrupt oligarch failure. I say Christopher Columbus is too damn good for Chicago. Thank you, Chris. And I'll be celebrating him thinking of you. We've got 10 days until it's Christopher Columbus Day. Oh, I like the song. Turn it up. streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc. He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other. He's Sean Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show. When I heard the um, the story, when we realize what's happening in our country, immediately it immediately makes you think that we are, in fact, in a cold war of ideology, and we're losing that battle. John Perazzo, the editor of DiscoverTheNetworks.org, an encyclopedic guide to the political left, and a project of David Horowitz Freedom Center, um... I wanted to bring John on to specifically talk about some of the nuances that are happening and how we can push back. John, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you for having me. I am a big fan of David Horowitz um, and your organization in general. 
is bringing light to some of the unknown history and some of the reality that was happening moment to moment of what we're facing. Yeah, Dave, David Horowitz is a quite a remarkable person. He started the David Horowitz Freedom Center, where I've been working for the past uh, 17 years or so. And uh, he started it as his way of, uh, he, he puts it as ma- of making amends for his former uh, life as a, as a hard leftist and even a Marxist when he was a younger person. Um, and he's become a great crusader for conservatism and traditional American values and exposing uh, the left and its agendas, its worldview, and, and uh, its tactics. This is something that was brought to my attention as a young man. I was very uh, lucky to be introduced to Eric Hoffer and to Ayn Rand, who also felt the same way. At that time, if I remember correctly, David's parents were actually in the communist movement. And the communist movement has, uh, as you know, Chicago, Illinois, was a capital for it. And it has um, now become, in my opinion, the Democrat Party of today. Am I wrong? Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. The, the Democrat Party of today uh, has, bears really uh, no resemblance to the party of, say, the 60s, uh, the JFK Democrats. Uh, you know, if you look at what JFK stood for just really 60 years ago now and even a little bit less, uh, it was. It bears. You know, it's not. It doesn't resemble at all what the party today. He stood for free markets, a strong defense, uh, patriotism, love of a country, low taxes, Second Amendment rights, things like that. Uh, he was very, very clear on that, and anti-communism, of course. Uh, the party today is really a hard left Marxist party. That's absolutely what it's become. And it's, it's actually important, I think, that we call it what it is. Um, it's not a liberal party. It's not a progressive party. Those are kind of euphemisms that conservatives tend to use. In fact, David Horowitz always talks about it's important for conservatives not to be so polite and, uh, and soft-spoken about it. We have to call them what they are. They, they have no qualms about calling conservatives racist, sexists, xenophobes, bigots, Nazis, fascists, etc. So we can do better than calling them progressives and liberals, you know. Well, he would like me. Uh, The reality is I love doing that, and I learned a long time ago the last thing a liar wants is light shined on the lie. And, um, you know, it's funny. I had this conversation with a dear friend of my very smart guy. His parents escaped the uh, former Soviet Union. And we will talk. uh, Reality is... John Kennedy was one of the most conservative presidents we ever had when you look at strictly fiscal policy. But when you're looking at this new policy of what I who I call a political whore like Joe Biden, and you realize he's been in this position of selling BS to the people for half a century, and you see that we face a bill that to me is the death knell of of our economy that will forever subvert, undermine and usurp capitalism and freedom and in essence destroying private property rights as it attacks bank accounts the way in which we hire people the way in which we have a relationship to employees to employer to the rest of it if god forbid and i believe it will pass because they are corrupted and ruthless the american marxists can we sustain can we fight back or is this in fact the thelma and louise moment uh, it's it's a crucial moment. We've had a lot of crucial moments in recent years, a lot of crucial elections in recent years. Um, you know, we talk about falling into the abyss. We are not at the edge of the abyss. We're we're in the abyss for sure, and we're we're trying to 
claw our way back. It's a, it's a very ruthless, a really aggressive enemy that we face. The left is, is extremely, like you said there, they are ruthless. Uh, they are, uh, I think it's, it's okay to call them evil. They, uh, the, the bill that you're talking about, they're, they're essentially shoving every, every left-wing policy preference into this one gigantic bill in hopes of you know, in one fell swoop, transforming the country. And it's important to understand that that is their goal. They were, when they were uh, campaigning in 2020, it was, uh, it was very often that Biden especially used the word transformation, transforming the nation, uh, talking about systemic racism. Of course, that would be a, a pretext or a rationale for wanting to transform a nation, a nation that you really have no love for, no respect for, no regard for. Um, and it's, it's remarkable to think that an individual who has such low regard for a particular country wants to be its president, and his vice president is no different. She's been exactly the same. So, yeah, transformation is the goal of the, of the party. Um, and how do we fight back? We fight back essentially by pointing this out and being very clear about it and calling them what they are. Like I say, you know, they're not liberals, they're not progressives. Uh, those words have connotations that are kind of soft and positive, and that's not what this party's about. This party's about tyranny, ruthless control over every person. And, and you know, here we see they have a, the tiniest, slimmest majority in the, in the House. They have an even Senate, and they're going to use this moment in time, even with that little tiny bit of, of an edge, but no, of course, no popular mandate. They're going to use this moment, this opportunity to ram through everything and change the country, you know, for essentially forever. It's, it, you don't do that unless you have a tyrannical totalitarian mindset. And, you know, John, I think so many Americans have forgotten exactly what the relationship between government and the American citizen is supposed to be. And we have allowed this usurpation of our freedoms, of our liberty for so long that this entitled group of political whores, as I call them, have become very confident in their abuse. However, I do think it is important that we, you know, try to straighten the course, for lack of a better phrase. And I do that by constantly reminding reminding my listeners and people that I come in contact with. This is a government that makes, this year, is, uh, is making $388 billion a month, a month, and continually feels that it has to put our future, our children, our great grand generations we can't even calculate in a kind of a straitjacket of of fiscal irresponsibility that damns them to the same kind of restraints and regulations and slavery that we are being um, strapped with now. Uh, I think so many people, so many Americans in particular, are constantly taking up their version of the situation rather than realizing they're in this problem, they being government, and I don't have to participate or go along with it any longer. Do you think maybe that's the right way or the wrong way to approach it? It's, it's, a, it's an excellent way. Uh, the Democrats, are they, they try to use the levers of, levers of power uh, to force us into compliance. Um, they are, they're the party of total control of the individual. Now, now we see it, for example, now what they've done on the border. Uh, they're in the midst of trying to, you know, they understand that this is a real opportunity for them uh, to basically use this particular crisis, which they've actually created, um, as an as an opportunity to import this massive block of new of people who eventually, one day, and, and hopefully soon, you know, in their minds, will become new voters, uh, they'll become citizens and, and eligible to vote, and they understand that 
you know, given past history of people from Central America, for most most importantly, uh, those numbers will be in their favor, and they'll be able to tip the scales significantly in their own favor for the future of political power in this country. They understand that. They know that. Um, they look, you know, they look at recent history. They, the Democrats haven't won uh, the, the white vote in this country since 1964 with LBJ, and so they see the future as essentially being dependent upon their ability to import a, a new population, a new massive part of the population to make it, to make the electoral college essentially fit what they need. And it's a, it's an evil scheme and it, and it's unjust not only to existing Americans who were born here, but it's unjust to people who were who immigrated here from that same part of the world who came here the legal way. It's a slap in the face. It's an absolute uh, show of disrespect and, and uh, disregard for people who live here and their rights. Uh, but they don't care. What they're interested in is power, securing it and cementing it in place for as long as they possibly can. Even even at this moment, like I said, when they have the tiniest majority in the House, no majority in the Senate, and yet this is their opportunity and they're going to push it. You know, John, uh, I hate to I hate to play race race card on uh, discuss things on their terms. I hate that, especially because I notice your last name. You're you're obviously Italian. I'm half Italian. My mother was her last name was Sarlo, and I realize that we're dealing with a government that didn't recognize Italians as whites until the 1940s, and I hate the idea that they can even are allowed to play this race game, especially when we understand that by sheer numbers, not percentage, but by sheer numbers, there are more white people on welfare. I've also sat by as they have created a system where in Chicago, Illinois, the average family of four on welfare receives benefits of $51,000, while the median income has an average of $55,000. There's a $4,000 difference from being on welfare or going to work, you and your wife, two jobs and the rest of it. They've created this scheme, this Keynesian soiree, that is enticing so many people. And if you look at it from the, from the perspective of minus your virtue and your integrity and your dignity, it's almost a smart play to sit on your, your derriere and wait for the checks to roll in. And once they can achieve that, now you've got the voting block that we will move forward with this pretend democracy, this mobocracy, and vote away the property of the other people in the country. Can we still oh, push yeah. back on that? Or is that... Have they been brilliant in the way they've laid this out? Well, they've been deviously uh, brilliant in an, in an evil sort of way. But yes, they, they, we have to push back. There's no, we have no choice. We've absolutely got to fight this fight. Um, you know, they've, they've painted themselves as the party of the underdog and the party of the poor and the downtrodden. And yet you look at their policies and what have they done for the poor and the downtrodden except entrench them more in, in that status uh, everywhere, they, everywhere they're in political power. Uh, I've done a lot of research on over the years on uh, the cities of this country. And if we look at every, essentially, literally, without exception, every city in this country where the crime rates are the highest, where the poverty rates are the highest, where the standard of living is the lowest, where the schools are the, the most pathetic failures, um, they're all run by Democrats, and, and, and not just run by Democrats for a short time, but they've been run by Democrats for, for decades on end and sometimes generations on end, 50 to 100 years in some cases. And that's not a coincidence, and it's, you know, it's remarkable when you look at it, and it's another thing we have to point out because the cities can be 
uh, a good place to study to see what Democrat policies have wrought for us. And uh, essentially, it's, a, it's an unbroken record of miserable failure and failure, especially on behalf of the people who they claim to be the champions of, which is black, Hispanic, and the minorities, uh, the poor. Um, they've done the most damage to those very people, and yet they continue to position themselves with the media's help as the champions of the poor and the non-white, et cetera, when in fact they're, they're, they're their worst nightmare. Well, John, I want you to spread the word because I know you are the editor of discoverthenetworks.org, and I know you are affiliated and have been working for the David Horowitz Freedom Center for 17 years, you said. That's fantastic. I'm very happy and proud of you, and you must have met some fantastic people. My idea also is to fight this with a suntan. So if you're ever in question, please join me in South Florida where we can turn that into Gulch Gulch in Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrug book. If we're going to do it, let's at least have a tan. What do you say? Uh, I think it's a great idea. (laughs) (laughs) John, thank you so much for joining me. I look forward to your works. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure. We'll be back with your comments and calls. 312-642-5600 after this. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The Answer. Oh, you're calming me down, huh? Do you know, um, oh, I like this little disco on the Friday. Very good. Notice how they're not talking about Florida anymore with COVID? Have you noticed that? Dropped out of the news? Oh, but it did. Uh, Florida's COVID cases cut in half. Yeah. And it's all because DeSantis in Florida was giving that, uh, he was giving a a prophylactic, still don't like saying that, I feel like a public school teacher, a uh, prophylactic called, uh, it was the the antibody, and you could pull in a CVS, and then the Biden administration, both Florida and Texas, we're giving this, Monaco something, and... um, the government was in charge of distribu- distributing this to the states, and then they shut it down. And both Florida and Texas went around the government to get it. And guess what? Plummeting in cases. How's Illinois doing? Oh, not good. I heard Dr. Dryheave, Awardy, say that the cases were up. How's New York doing? Not good. Not only is the economy better in the red states, the COVID situation is better in the red states. It's all around better. Tom in Sherrville. Yeah, Sean, uh, the Communist Party USA since 2008 has always endorsed the Democrat Party candidate. Now, prior to that, they had their own. So since 2008, all the way up until now, you can make the argument that they're one and the same. Democrat, Communist Party, all the same. Do you remember um, when in the, in the uh, Obama administration, how many? Notable, and I don't just mean you know those that were affiliated through his friendship to the domestic terrorists from the Weather Underground. How many of those people had had formally been involved? In fact, it was even Brennan for the CIA was had had once um, was involved with the American Communist Party. How many in this particular Biden administration are interwoven with socialist organizations, with Marxist organizations, with communist organizations? I mean, to me, the straw that broke the back as far as giving any kind of uh, uh, hope that the, the Biden administration would not be a complete communist party for me was the comptroller of the currency. This 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 Biden literally put forward a communist, a communist 
for control and controller of our currency. That's it. Game over. Now you could have him. I mean, I, 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 as I always knew, he was going to be a disaster. But this is this is an atrocity. And you do realize yeah. that these fifty Democrat senators will step and fetch. There will not be a one of them that will vote against this clear, clear communist. Clearly, Saul Amaroto. Yavol. Well, this one is actually more of a a shy con. Yeah, it's terrible, Tom. Terrible, and uh, we're losing the argument. Oh, actually, we're winning the argument. We're losing due to tyranny of a very small group of people. Thank you very much for the call. Very small group of people. And you know what those group of people all have in common? They're absolute and total fracking liars. They will lie about their shoe size. And I don't just mean the women. Big-footed monsters that they are. I'm talking about everything. You know, I've been telling you that everything in their bills are lies, lies, lies. And then I watch as they go after states they hate. Texas was the prime example. When they went after Texas and that law, it is an atrocity. You know who finally reared his ugly head? Alito, Supreme Court Justice. Here is a line from a recent piece talking about our refusal to grant an injunction in the Texas abortion case. Quote, the conservative majority on the Supreme Court was so eager to nullify Roe v. Wade that it didn't even wait for oral argument. End quote. Now, put aside the false and inflammatory claim that we nullified Roe v. Wade, we did no such thing, and we said that expressly in our order. I quote, the applicants now before us have raised serious questions regarding the constitutionality of the Texas law at issue. This order is not based on any conclusion about the constitutionality of Texas's law. So the statement is flatly wrong, and the suggestion that we should have held oral argument is ridiculous. Because all they know how to do is lie. Every word that comes out of their mouth, a lie. They used to lie about history to steal the future. Now they lie about the present to control and demonize their opponent. Because they can't win on the principle because they're liars. All right, I went long. I got to go. And then we have movies when I come back. Get on the line. Tell me about your movie and documentary so we can have a good weekend. Stop focusing about these lying rat bastards called Democrats. Let's all go to the line. Let's go to the movie. It's time for Friday Features with Sean. And now, on with the show. I love this segment. This is a Misty Callahan creation. Give us a call if you care to participate. 312-642-5600. Misty's not here, so I must have, that's why, that must be why I have lines open. Uh, grab a line if you want to be on. I, I ask you to give me a movie and a documentary. And uh, we're also going to expand it because I want to see the new Dexter. I don't think they released it. I think they're releasing Yellowstone... The new Dexter. I think there's like four or five coming out this this uh, month. So it's important that we get to those. And I'm, I start off by giving you mine. So today I was able to catch, and it's brand new. And it was out today. It's on Prime. You have to buy it. It's expensive, but it's worth every penny. And it's called The Card Counter. It is a very, very good movie. It's um, a little different than I anticipated it would be. It's not... It's not really about poker as much as, it, I mean, it, it has a bottom line in it, but the, the main character is absolutely fantastic in it. Um, 
So I highly recommend you watch The Card Counter. I started the new Soprano prequel, which is called, what is it called? The Saints, The Many Saints of Newark. And um, as for a documentary, I saw one that was really disappointing. Can I give you a disappointing documentary? I think I will. Because as you know, I'm I'm a big Elvis fan. I think Elvis was one of a kind. There's a reason he's the king. And although there were very good parts of the documentary, which is titled The King, it was done the year after Trump won. And it took a shameful opportunity to politicize, to politicize Elvis's, Elvis Presley's effect on the nation rather than to celebrate it. It was really a miscarriage. It was a shame that the documentary took that turn. So it's something to see if you want to aggravate yourself, just like the documentary called Unfit which had a bunch of never-Trumpers and the pedophile, uh, Kellyanne Conway's husband, that, that queen for a day that he is, and it had him on it um, as he is describing all of, allegedly, uh, d- describing all of the problems that Trump had. But the, the reason it's worth watching, think about the situation you're in today. Think about the situation you're in today where you have an obvious, obvious person suffering from a mental illness, and I'm, I'm going to try not to make fun of it. Joe Biden is suffering from a mental illness. He is not coherent enough to do anything, let alone be the president of the United States. He is a, a shameful human being who not only is unfit because of his obvious disability, he's unfit because prior to the disability, he was a scumbag, a scumbag. His brother, scumbag. His kids, scumbags. Even the dead one, I don't care. So sick and tired of him hiding behind that. David and Lansing. Hey, Sean. Uh, I have two films available for free online. Perfect for people like me. Oh, yeah. You're cheap. Um, go ahead. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I, I don't go to movies. No kidding. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the first one is the best documentary I've ever seen. It was uh, made in about 2003. It made me awake and not woke. Okay. It's All called... Right. Uh, Martial law, rise of the police state, but it's not anti-police, as the title suggests. And if you don't have time, at least just see the second of three segments. It's like the middle segment. That's the best one, man. I, hair back, the hair will stand up on the back of your neck if it hasn't already. All right, I'm going to, oh, yeah, you, I'm riveted. Listen, do me a favor. Don't ever go into, into like, reading stories. All right, but go ahead. What else you got? Uh, uh, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll take that down. Uh, the second <laughs> one is either a... Uh, documentary about a fictitious event or it's a it's a um fictitious film about a real event i can't decide maybe your listeners can decide and i'll get back to you next week it's called event 201 but it's critical that you pay attention to when the film was released four months before the pandemic that's the critical part all right this ties into conspiracy monday all right i see what you did there in the meantime david I always appreciate you listening. Have a good weekend and find out if this is a uh, a conspiracy movie or if it's a good documentary, will you? First time I ever got a... I, I, he, he actually gave us a recommendation that he didn't see. I, I like that. It's going all kinds of different directions. Oh, Owen Willowbrook. Hi. How you doing, Sean? How's everything going today? Good, brother. Good. How are you? Good. Hey, a great movie, I thought, was the 1996 version of John Gotti with Armand Asani. And Anthony Quinn is Neil Delacroach. 
Was it? Was it? I did not see it, but I'm going to tell you this. Oh, Armand Desanti. Is it really good? All right, I'm going to watch it. So Armand Desanti, I I can't remember what year, but it wasn't that long ago. Apparently, he went to Melrose Park, and I had a bunch of my old friends that had dinner Uh with him to shoot a movie. This is like only a few years ago. And they said that this guy was the the kindest, a gentleman, a fantastic guy. He ended up hanging in Melrose Park like the whole time he shot this movie. And uh, he's supposed to be fantastic. I always liked him. It's always confusing to me. And it's, you know, in a way it's depressing when you see certain guys slip into that B-movie guy. But there are some very good well, B movies. I mean, there are some very good ones. It's a, it, I always well, liked them, so I'm definitely going to look forward to it. It's how I well, felt about Tom Sizemore, as he's you know he was a great actor and he slipped into that yeah, B yeah. movie thing. But what else you got? And, and William For- William Forsythe as Sammy the Bull Gravano was great in it. But and then uh, and then um, for a documentary, Executive Outcomes, which is an episode of Soldiers of Fortune, which talks about how contractors took over. Um, fighting rebels in in Africa and how the government, they were successful and they were successful at basically a third of the cost of what governments fought wars at. And it shows how governments moved them out. And it uh, it, it just, uh, and that's called executive outcome. That one I'm definitely executive outcomes. And it's, it's a part of soldiers of fortune on the military channel. And last but not least, last but not least, my younger brother went and saw Chaz Palm and Terry do his one man act. Of the Bronx Tale, was it good? He drove up and he, start, he said it was unbelievable. And, if, and one day you should hear the story of how Chaz Palminteri got started. You would love it. I would love it. I've heard rumors that you know because he's one of those guys that got developed late in life, right? He was only in his forties, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, everybody thought everybody thought it was a, a Robert De Niro thing. It was a Chaz Palminteri movie, and the reason he the reason he did this one man play. He was some guy gave him forty grand and said, "Here's your shot. Do what you want." And he rented a fifty person uh, a playhouse, and they saw it. He did all eighteen characters in that show, Bronx Tale. Really? And, and so, yeah. So movie directors came and wanted to buy the show for two hundred grand. He said, "Fine, but I want to play Sonny." And 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 Chad said, and they told him no. And he said, "Forget it." They came back four months later, offered him a half a million bucks. He said, "Fine, I want to play Sonny," and they wouldn't let him. He said, "Forget it." They can't. A I year later, that. they come back. Uh, the, the The story goes on. I'll have to come to your cigar yeah. shop. And come on, it. it's, it's the same thing with Sylvester Stallone. I love those stories. Listen, thank you very much for calling. I appreciate it. Was there a guy on there that was asking if I went to Proviso East or not? I didn't go. To, I didn't go to Proviso East. I went to St. Joe's. All right, it's very easy. My mother went to Proviso East. So did my father. That's how long ago that was in the fifties. James Schomburg. Hey. You? I, you know, I love that intro music. It reminds me of when we were little and went to the drive-in. Me too. Come, cartoon. It, I just love it. It's very, Thank you. I don't know, endearing. Thank you. So um, <laughs> It's the first time it, anything affiliated with me was called endearing. I love it. Thank you. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, but, it, well, it's the same thing. You know, I, I hear the accent. I, I know the neighborhood. It's like trying to get Obama. You know, they were trying to get uh, Bin Laden. Yeah. All we needed was four wise guys from Melrose Park that if they'd have found him in a week and a half. Right? Yeah, 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 sure. You, you know it and I know it, right? Uh-huh. So, right. But I, I was called, originally I was calling because I thought it was ironic that the progressives 
are using Socratic method here to teach Republicans what they should be doing. Oh, I love that. Because they tie legislation together. One action has another action. If they don't get everything they're looking for, they're doing nothing. Mm -hmm. That's what the Republicans should be doing, but they're not. They're morons. They're morons. They're corrupted, and what they don't understand is, number one, rule 101 of life, never take advice from an enemy, ever. But that's just my own rule, but go ahead. What was it? You got a movie exactly. and a documentary by any chance? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I just finished one on Netflix. It's called uh, Clickbait. I've been dying to see that, and I have not. Oh I've God. not watched it. So I, 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 I was going to start it a thousand times. You're telling me it's good. Uh, you're uh, you're going to get hooked where you you have to finish it. You know what I mean? You can't like you have to keep going and going. It's incredibly well drafted, produced is amazing. It's edited perfectly. the The acting is really good. But the storyline and the interweaving and the way they do it is just spot on. It's just amazing. James, thank Uh, you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you for calling. I appreciate it. All right. You know, you notice how we don't have any ladies. I'm normally big with the ladies on Friday afternoon for the movies and documentary. I don't know. There's something off. 312-642-5600. If you're a lady, you go to the top of the line. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome. On the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. I really can't wait to watch the rest of it. What a show that was. Uh, I have to tell you, I love it when the ladies call. I can't help it. I always love the ladies. And it could be very expensive if I drift over the line. But I won't. I never break. However, I will take the calls first. Christine, how are you? Good. How are you? Splendid. Of course, as always. What do you got for a movie and a doc? Well, I got two movies. All right. All right. Number one is The Woman in the Window. All right. I like where this is. Okay. In the Window. All right. Got it. And who was it in? Who was it with? Edward G. Robinson. Oh, we're never going to make it, Edward G. Robinson. I love him. Go ahead. What else you got? (laughs) And then number two. The Crooked House. The Crooked uh, House? Yeah. All right. Very good. Amazing mystery and just fun. Why do I think I've seen it? Is this an old movie, The Crooked House? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I've seen it. Look at you. The bunch of oldies. All right. I love it. Thank you for calling. Have a great weekend, Christine. Thanks. You too. Thank, Thank you so much. Robert Bloomingdale. Elvis meets Nixon, 1997. Have you ever seen that one where Elvis goes uh, Washington? I love it. It's out of its mind. The movie's out of its mind. It's where he walks in the airport and tries to buy a plane ticket? Yeah, he goes in and buys a plane ticket. He goes, don't worry, it's just my guns. (laughs) The guy's chasing him. I love it, Robert. It's a great, great movie. It's very good. All right, thank you. We're going to blow through them. We only got a couple seconds. JR. Hey, Sean, I love the show. Thank you, brother. Two documentaries. Festival Express and The Last Waltz. You can't go wrong with either one. Love it, JR. I'm sorry. I'm running out of time. I, that's it. If I didn't get to you, you can, as always, next week. And I want you to have an excellent, excellent weekend. Democrat-free weekend. Get some sanity. Sit back and just tell everybody who voted for Joe Biden they're morons. You'll feel good. I'll feel good. And I'll see you on Monday.
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.